generation that follows you, oh God, lengthens that lineage.
Thank you, Lord. You are holy, God. Holy, 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 Jesus. You are holy, Father. We bless your name, Jesus. Bless your name, Lord. Bless your name, Jesus. 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 Holy, 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 Lord. Holy, holy, mighty God. Mighty God. Mighty God. Mighty God. Mighty God. Mighty God.
bachelors. Nobody like him. Nothing like him. Matchless. It's an honor to know him, man. Amen. It is. It's an honor to know him. It's an honor to realize that he even cares about us. He cares about our stuff. I don't mean stuff like our possessions. I mean our stuff. Glory, Lord. You can be seated today. Oh, I feel good. I am physically exhausted. <laughs> But I feel amazing mm, in my God. spirit. Amen. If you're not old enough yet to have learned the reality of the separation of your spirit person and your physical person, don't worry. If you are blessed, Amen. you will. <laughs> Woke up this morning yawning. I think I went back and laid down three or four more times. <laughs> I got up, got a shower. Before you threw it, took all the hot water off. <laughs> it didn't help. <laughs> I feel amazing in my spirit just from this worship today. Amen. What an amazing God that He would visit us yes. right here that he would care so much about you yes. that's how much you mean to him mm. that the God of all glory would come in here and pay attention to what it is that you're doing if you could see in the spirit realm right now, quite frankly, you would have trouble seeing because there is a cloud in this room right now. It's a simple thing to say, I feel God. That is true. But what's in this room right now is the glory of that almighty God. There's a scripture in the Old Testament that says God inhabits the praise of His people. He lives in it. He waits all week long in this building for us to get here. All week. If there ain't anything else going on in this building all week long with all the activities they have, if there's nothing else done here in the name of Jesus, he suffers through all that just waiting for Sunday at 2 o'clock. Mm. Mm. If there should ever be a Sunday at 2 o'clock where there's just one or two of us in here, mm. he would be just as excited. Mm. And he would pay just as much attention. If it was any two of you, any two of you. Because every single one of us is special to him. Nelson, I feel like the 
the, the children in Texas feel like that same comforter that we feel right now. I would dare say that at least one of them has already received a visit today. Amen. And I will guarantee that both of them will. He's that kind of a God. I believe uh, it was red words. Shepherd was glad for the 99. But he went wherever he had to go to find that one that wasn't there. I'm glad he did that when I wasn't part of the 99, aren't you? <laughs> Lord. Uh, Nate, I'm going to ask you to help me with the offer. And Beth, if you got one more, we'd love to hear it. Yes. Amen. <laughs> yeah, this is feeling good. Amen. Go ahead, Nathan. Lord Jesus, we just come to you today, Lord God, thanking you for another day to stand before your throne of grace boldly. Mm. And Lord God, we just we thank you for all that you've done, Lord, and are going to do, Lord God. Lord Jesus, we thank you for the safe travels to North Carolina and back, Lord God. Yeah. Lord Jesus, we thank you for the service, Lord God, and the lives that might have been changed there, Lord God. Lord Jesus, we again we just thank you to th thank you for being able to stand here in your house, Lord God. Yeah. Lord Jesus, we we don't deserve it, Lord God. It's only by your grace that we're yeah, standing here that's today, right. Lord God. Now, Lord Jesus, I ask that you move over the requests that were mentioned, Lord God, that it be for your glory, Lord God, not man's, Lord God. Now, Lord Jesus, I ask that you take these offerings to the good of your kingdom, and Lord Jesus, bless them all day long, Lord God. In Jesus' name. Amen. I desire only that. 
needed this today. I am so thankful back me up on this. We are so grateful to have worship leaders. See, worship leader is not whoever happens to be picking the songs that day. Worship leader is not whoever happens to be in charge of that day. <clears throat> putting the music together for that service. <laughs> Worship leader is someone that leads with worship. And you can come into a service and you can be troubled in your spirit. You can be broken in your heart. You can be agitated. But when there's a worship leader in the service, Someone that has a relationship of their own, in their own living room, in their own house. Someone like a, a David that made songs up to God when he was out in a pasture somewhere with some yeah. sheep. Probably pulled a stick out of a tree on some kind of a rope somewhere made something to pluck a string on. Probably didn't hit any key, but it hit a key with God. Amen. Because when God went looking for someone to lead all his people, he didn't look in the palace. Mm -hmm. He didn't look in the middle of the city. He had his eye on a little shepherd boy somewhere out in the field with a stick and a string. He said, that's what I want. I'm glad we, I, yesterday I had a bunch of them come up to me. And Beth, you can, you, 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 can, you can stay up there or you can have a seat, whichever one you want to do. I, I like it when you're there, but I'll forget about you in a minute. <laughs> yesterday after we, the service was over, I had a bunch of people come up to me and, and just talk about uh, the worship and how, how they loved it. And I said, yeah, I said, do you believe that they're not the only team we have? Right. I said, what? Right. <laughs> I said, would you believe they only do every other service? They said, what? <laughs> and I said, my cup runs over. <laughs> I explained to him a little bit what God has intended for us. We're going to go somewhere. We'll let the Wells family get up, do a, do a set list, and draw a crowd. And I'm going to get up, preach, run most of the crowd off. Then we'll have Beth get up, draw another crowd. I'll get up and preach. Run most of that crowd off. We're going to fish. <coughs> I needed that, that touch from 
that sweet presence today. And not because I, I don't feel good in my walk with God, but because I am bothered. I don't pretend to know what I am other than a Christian. When people ask me what I am, I tell them I'm just I'm a field hand. Ham, field hand. But things sit on me. God visits me with weights. I was young in the ministry, I didn't know that I wasn't always supposed to share that weight. I didn't know that there were times where God would visit me with that weight and that burden just so I would intercede or, or, or pray or fast until it lifted. So early on, I would share that weight, 100% scriptural. Line upon line, line upon line, precept upon precept, precept upon precept, here a little, there a little. And I would watch as the weight would sit on people. And I would get discouraged as most people would shrug it off and go about their business or just flat disappear. <clears throat> I got to a place where I started to ignore God. He would visit me with those weights because I, I, I didn't. Oh, when God visits you with a weight like that, it, it, you can't, you can't have that weight on you and it not be known. There'll be times where I try my best to protect my wife. She'll know something's wrong. And now we've, we've been together for so long and we've been in this for so long that I'll just tell her it's sitting on me. So, okay. I'm, I'm troubled in my spirit. I hear a mom get up and worship God. sing a song that talks about how beautiful Jesus is and I hear her son her baby son say yay and something in my heart just leaps the reason I'm troubled in my spirit is that right now right now there is an all out attack and Esteban is the target. Barbie has made a new doll. <coughs> it's transgender. I would love to hold a Barbie burning service. All you Jesus name people that got Barbies when your kids were little, 
we're going to have a Barbie burning party. Something like they had in the book of Acts when people found out God was real and they brought all their books of witchcraft in and burned thousands of dollars of books because they knew God wasn't pleased. Barbie has made a doll that is both male and female. Truth be told, God has never made such a thing. There is no transgender. There is no human being on the planet that is in transition becoming another gender, no matter what body parts they take off or add, they will always be what God made them. Mm. We have a shortage of baby formula. State Farm Insurance has agreed to hand out curriculum, propaganda, books to five-year-olds that promote the LGBXYZ. <coughs> Mickey Mouse is mad because Florida won't let teachers talk to five-year-olds about sex. McDonald's offers free tarot readings with Happy Meals. America it's murdered 63 million babies, more than the entire country of France. Eighteen babies lost their lives in the school shooting. <coughs> we have a government that won't protect our children, but can send $40 billion to Ukraine. We have two and a half million combat veterans, 100,000 of which are unemployed because the only skills they have is combat. It wouldn't take $40 billion to pay them to patrol the schools in our country. Amen. But that won't happen because there is an all-out attack. I remember reading in the Bible that when the children of Israel were growing too strong, Pharaoh had his soldiers murder all the baby boys, years two age, two years old and under. Murdered them all. Murdered them all. And in houses and drug out the baby boys and murdered them in front of their parents. It don't tell us how many moms died, but I guarantee you a lot of moms died too. There ain't a mama in here that wouldn't stand in front of her baby when they come and try to get your baby. You'd have to die too, and I know that's right. But one mama kept the baby and said, I don't care what Pharaoh says. The Bible says he was goodly to look upon. He said, they catch me and my baby, they might kill me and my baby, but I ain't just going to hand them over my baby's name was Moses. Later on, there was another king. Heard about another baby. They wouldn't rat him out, so that king started murdering babies. Evil rulers have murdered babies all the way back to the book of Exodus. And I am burdened 
And I told myself today I wasn't going to talk about none of this. This ain't my message. God said in one section of Scripture that He called for fasting and mourning and wearing a sackcloth from the people of God. And He said when He showed up at their services, all He found the people of God doing were slaying the fatted calves and the lambs and having a good old time at all their services. I'm going to tell you what I know in my spirit. I know in my spirit that God is calling on the children of God in the United States of America to mourn for our nation. He's calling on the children of God to fast for our nation. And I'm thankful we come together and we have encouraging services. And I'm going to encourage you today, believe it or not. Miracles still happen. Amen. I told Kitty on the way to church today, I said, I, I, I think we're going to turn Wednesday service this week into a prayer meeting. And it ain't because the preacher ain't got a message, it's because he's got one. So this Wednesday night, we meet at the Russell Chapel. We're going to have a prayer meeting. We're going to have a targeted, focused, uh, disciplined prayer meeting. And we are going to be found faithful from God. We, we will intercede for our country. God said when he found, he, he called on the people of God to mourn and fast and wear sackcloth for their nation. They lived in a corrupt nation. And he said when he got there, he found them having their Sunday night birthday parties. See, you know why we don't have a Sunday night service? We may someday, but I'm just going to tell you why. Because I've seen a church go from 11 to almost 100 in under a year with one Sunday service. You know why? Because when they came together in that Sunday service, they came and laid it all out the first time. They came and worshiped God with all their strength, all their might. We preached with everything we had. And we had altar services with everything we had. And we didn't need no Sunday night services. And you want to know all the preachers? Oh, man. Boy, I got peer pressure for real. And you want to know what their main reason was why I should have a Sunday night service? Because I was missing out on a third income. See why I got so few preacher friends? Did I tell on us? She take an offering in all your services. Bonnie. Gotcha. Yeah. And see, I need to have a Sunday night service because don't you? That's the third offering, see? And I said, well, you know what else the people of God here do on the one time they come Sunday? They tithe the full 10%. And would you believe there's some radical people that put their 10% in and give an offering? You ever heard of such a thing? <laughs> we ain't heard for no money. I'm not going to have another church service for money. I go preach somewhere if I have enough gas to get there and let God figure out how I'm going to get home. I've done it. I've been four hours away from home and had half tank gas and knowing, man, I, this is just going to get me back and forth to the hotel and back. I ain't got no money for food. I don't know how I'm going to get home. Then have somebody walk up and hand me a $100 bill. Never seen them before in my life. So God told me to give you this. And praise God, I got McDonald's tonight, baby. <laughs> huh? 
So Wednesday night, we're going to have a prayer meeting. Now, you may get blessed Wednesday night. But that's not why we're having the prayer meeting. I want God to look down on the United States of America and not have to say that I looked for someone to stand in the gap and could not find anyone. Because the last time he found it to be that way, he said, I came myself. Well, he ain't coming for salvation again. He came the first time for the lost, for, for the lost but the next time he's coming, it's for the saved. And I got some people I love that ain't part of that group yet. So though I'll be happy to be there, I just as soon as he holds off just a little bit so the rest of the people I know and love can get in too. There's an old bluegrass song, Wait a little longer, sweet Jesus. Y'all all right with this? You okay today? I'm telling you, I feel good in my spirit. Beth, thank you. I mean it. Thank you. Amen. Man, I've heard enough performances. I, I got a radio. I got K-Love. <laughs> and I'm not knocking it, but man, I, I'm so grateful to all you guys that do this, to do the keyboard. And I mean it, man. There's times we, we need you guys to be exactly what you are. And don't let nobody polish you up. Please. Please. And I am thankful for every single one of you. I mean it. I draw strength from you when I look out and see you. I do. I, I draw strength from you. I mean that, man. I need you. And I mean it. I, 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 God help me today. <laughs> Blessing, Lord. Blessing, Lord. There's a section of scripture in Amos. God spoke to the preacher. The preacher spoke to the people. And he said, all y'all run around talking about you can't wait for the day of the Lord. And then he told him, he said, you think that's going to be a great day. That ain't going to be a great day. You're going to be in trouble too. <clears throat> the evil in our country has already affected us. Some of y'all pumped gas today. Some of y'all bought groceries this week. I'm not gloom and doom, but I will tell you it is not going to get better. Gas might go down. The groceries might get a little cheaper, but it is not going to get better. God don't owe the United States of America nothing. And I know this is a shock. God don't owe the church nothing. See, this is why I get a kick out of people when they go other places and they all come up afterward and they say, I can't wait, man, to come visit your church. Like, what for? Why would you want to come hear this on purpose? You didn't know you were going to get this today. Why would you want to come hear this on purpose? I don't know what they think they're going to find when they get here. Maybe when I go home, we swing from the chandeliers all the time. We'll have those kind of services. But I don't live with my head in the sand. I love you guys. I mean, I do. If, if you, after service today, if you took.
If you told me after service today that God had called you to go to church somewhere else, I would hug your neck and tell you I love you, and I still text you out of the blue and say, you good kid? Right. You'd have to block my number. I mean, you just would, because you don't get you don't have a vote on whether I love you. Right. You can decide whether you do me, and I won't feel like if God tells you to go somewhere else, you don't love me no more. Because I will love you just as much and probably more. I don't know. But I love you enough to tell you the truth while you're here. We're going to make it. We're going to make it unless we ignore the world we live in. And if we ignore the condition of the world we live in, we're not going to help anybody. Evil has convinced good people that the only way not to be hateful is to be quiet. The devil has finally succeeded in shutting up the church. He's tried to shut the church up since the church was born. But now he's convinced good people everywhere that you can't say wrong is wrong because they'll call you a hater. And if they think you hate them, you can't reach them. Listen, it's not about hating nobody. They don't know the truth. Right. Now I said this yesterday, and I'm going to say this today. There is no truth without love. You can, share, you can share something that is a fact, but if you share it in anger, it is no longer truth. Pilate said, what is truth? Jesus said, I am. Jesus said, I am the truth. And the Bible says, God is Love. Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us is truth and he is love. The truth is love. Think about it. It is. The truth of that, that book is love. That is a love letter. Not just the red letters or black letters or love letters too. The truth is love. This thing is a product of love. Amen. Of love from a God that didn't want his people to live in ignorance and die without him. That's love. It's a God that said, if I don't explain to you how to serve me, you'll die lost, and I don't want you to be away from me for eternity. I want you to be with me. That is love. Amen. So truth was never meant to be shared in anger or in arrogance. We're the people of truth. Yeah, you got Acts 238 and not a whole lot else. Amen. Some of the snobbiest people on the whole planet have been baptized in Jesus' name and talking tongues every Sunday night at the birthday parties. I said what I said. I got 30 years in this thing. I'm talking about us. That might not be us, but it's us. I've seen truth shared as a billy club. And all it was was a fact then. You can beat people over the head with a fact and drive them off from it, and they'll wind up a hard Christian at the airport, bald-headed, dancing to a tambourine. Because when they got to those people, they loved on them. When they got to the Mormon church, they loved on them. When they got to the Buddhists, they loved on them. When they got to somebody, if you ain't baptized in Jesus' name, you're going to split hell wide open. Now that is a fact, but when it is shared like that, it is no longer truth because real truth is love. Yes. And we're going to be a people that just flat loves people. We already are. We cannot ignore the world around us. 
cannot ignore its condition. I'm going to keep telling people Mickey Mouse is the devil and burn your Barbie. I think I'm going to start a hashtag, burn your Barbie. <laughs> and you wonder why I get three comments on my stuff. I don't do my stuff to get people like me on social media. Somebody somewhere is hungry for truth and they're going to find it if I'm the only one that's going to say it. I don't care. Because God is leading the lost to truth already. They're waking up. It was lost people that went to school board meetings first. It wasn't no Jesus name baptized uh, uh, homeschool woman that went to the first school board meeting last year. It was a heathen woman. It was a biker woman, if you will. I like them apples. It was a heathen that woke up to Walt Disney. It was a heathen that woke up to the governor of Virginia. So they're waking up. God is not going to wake them up to the evil in the society around them without waking them up to the good that is in God. See what I got to deal with? Move Kitty up your prayer list. <laughs> Hebrews 5. I love that voice. I can't wait till Sunday we got a whole chorus of them. And uh, if you would, I'm going to ask you to stand one more time. It's a strategic matter, as well as honor to God, because this way the blood's flowing for you a little bit before you sit down again. The heart can only receive what the seat endures. <laughs> Hebrews chapter number 5, verse number 7. Talking about... Jesus, that Jesus Beth was singing too, not just about. Yes. Who in the days of his flesh, I mean he ain't got none no more. Who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplication with strong crying and tears, Jesus? And he offered them up unto him that was able to save him from death and was heard. In that he feared, it didn't get him out of it, though, did he? His prayer was heard. Though he were a son, yet learned he obedience. How? By the things which he suffered. And being made perfect, being made perfect. See, there was a man in there, too. The God in there didn't have to be made perfect. He's always been perfect. But the flesh around that God had to be made perfect. He became the author. See, he wasn't always. The God in him was always, but the flesh around him wasn't. See, that's good stuff right there. It'll give you a headache. He became the author of eternal salvation unto all them that obey him. Wait, and all of them that obey him? Not confess him? Wait. Wait. Uh oh. Became the author of eternal salvation. Eternal. Well, I thought once saved, always saved. Ain't all salvation eternal? Must not be. Nope. Wouldn't have to point out eternal salvation if there wasn't a salvation. It wasn't. You can lose it as quick as you can find it. And all of them that. Oh. Oh. Obey him. Body, would you pray for us today?
we did learn some before you in the reading of your word. May we retain your wisdom and your wisdom alone to go out and speak up like we are supposed to do. Take back this country and to take back our children from the evil that yes. has them, Father. Yes. Dear Lord, I pray that we all can go out and touch someone else's lives. Let us be the light and let them see you through us. All things I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 You can be seated Amen. today. Uh, you're going to want to turn to Psalm 22. I'm going to get there in just a minute. What I want to talk to you about today is the power of the dogs. The power of the dogs. Psalm 22. I can tell you what verse it is, but I'm going to let you stew for a while. Amen. Now, what I want to talk to you about today is... This, this this message right here has been on me for a few days. Some of you will find things in here that will give you understanding about some things that you have been through in the past and are going through now. And then there are some of you that this is going to help you in a day that is yet to come. Power of the dog. It humbles me to think that Jesus had to learn obedience. Stew on that one. Jesus had to learn obedience. I guess that's why when he was 12, his mama and Joseph got three days' journey away from Jerusalem only to realize he wasn't with them. And they finally found him and said, what are you doing? You worried us to death. And he said, didn't you know I must be about my father's business? And Mama Mary said, yeah, but not yet. Come on. <laughs> Jesus had to learn obedience. And then that verse tells us how. By the things which he suffered. See, the modern idea that Christians don't suffer is a lie. Those preachers are lying. I don't care how nice they are. I don't care how big congregations they got. The idea that Christians don't suffer is a lie. If Jesus suffered, why would I not suffer? If Jesus had to learn obedience, and it says specifically by the things He suffered, then I'm here today to tell you that there's been many things that I have suffered from that I asked God to take away from me that I thought the devil was doing to me, and the whole time now, because of the Scripture, I have understanding that the whole time it wasn't the devil trying to give me shipwreck. It was God permitting the devil to do those things so I could learn to be obedient to God. <coughs> now, up where we used to live, where we've been delivered from, up in the hateful north, I have a right to say that. I lived there for 36 years, and it's a hateful place where we're from. <laughs> You didn't have electric fences other than around the jails. <laughs> but when we moved down here, we moved way out in the boonies in a place called Beach Creek. And it was beautiful. Right out in this valley between these two mountains, it was amazing. And we started. I married a farm girl, so it wasn't long before we had goats and chickens and, and a horse. And, and we, we, we ran through the gamut. And so I started learning about these electric fences. And it is an amazing thing to see a thousand pound horse that can take their neck and knock you clean off your feet and make you see stars 
to see that horse come up the one single white thread of a rope that goes all the way around the pasture. And if that horse has never seen one before, it'll touch it one time. But when that rope zaps that horse, that horse might could run through the stall door and it might be strong enough to run me right over and leave nothing after it ran me over. But it won't go near that electric thread anymore because it has learned obedience by the thing which it suffered. And I learned that you don't even have to have it plugged in anymore after that. Right. That horse ain't going nowhere near it. You can take that same horse out in the middle of somebody else's yard and put a little white rope around it, and that thing will stand there and not move the rest of the day. Right. Because it has learned obedience by the thing which it has suffered. <laughs> and now, some few decades later, I look back down the road, Nelson, and I can see some things that happened to me back down the way and some suffering I went through that taught me obedience to God because I didn't realize it, but I was starting to step a little sideways. And every time I'd step a little sideways, whoa, okay, whoa, okay. And pretty soon, guess what? I stopped stepping sideways over there. I learned some obedience by the things which I suffered. Hmm. It's filtering in. I can feel it filtering in for you today. There's some things right now that you've been through recently, and at least some of you right now already know because God has said this on me, that you are suffering through, whether it is relational thing. Oh, boy. Can God possibly cause us to suffer any more than through the relational areas of our lives with family members and neighbors and co-workers? The only thing that can get more severe than that is physically. When you have a physical affliction that is constant, you learn obedience. Why? Because I tell you what, you never pray like you pray when you're hurting all the time. You pray, 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 pray. And you never are as tender-hearted as you are when somebody you love with all your heart constantly hurts you. God will teach us obedience to some things through the things which we Suffer. I know I didn't like it either, but it, 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 it's, it's right there. <laughs> so after he learned obedience by the things he suffered, look in that verse 9 said, being made perfect. How? Through the obedience that only came through the suffering. You see the progression? Became perfect. Now, that word perfect doesn't mean literally the perfect we know Jesus is without flaw, without error. That perfect for us is sincere. Because we can never be Jesus perfect. But we can be sincere perfect. So now, where this applies to us, we learn obedience from the things we suffered to be made perfect, sincere, so we can become the author of salvation Unto others. Now, not the author that we wrote it. We give the book report. You see? When we allow that suffering to bring discipline to our lives and become obedient to anything God wants us to do, we become the middleman, if you will, and we relay the story the author wrote and become the agent, the tool used by God to bring salvation to someone else. Hey, you got somebody in your life that's hard-headed about God? Stand your ground about what you know about God. Right. Because you'll wear them down. 
How long can somebody watch somebody else be blessed in God and continue to say that ain't real, that ain't real, that ain't real? After a while, they don't even believe it. They just feel embarrassed. They've been saying it for so long, they don't realize they can stop saying it. You don't have to be embarrassed. It's better just to admit you've been wrong. It's okay, dude. Come over here and be blessed with me. Right. <laughs> you got somebody in your life that acts in a way that's completely opposite the way the people that are quote-unquote Christians supposed to act? You keep acting the way you know is right, even when they attack you, even when they badmouth you, even when they embarrass you and they're mean to you, and sooner or later, the same God that you continue to serve faithfully in the face of that affliction will honor you, and conviction will settle upon them, like Jesus said, as coals of fire heaped on their head. Psalm 22. Now the writer is David, and he's feeling all these ways, but he has no idea that he is writing some words that the Savior is going to repeat himself. He has no idea he's prophesying of Jesus. David felt this way. He didn't say the Savior's going to feel this way. He said, this is the way I feel right now. <coughs> I'm just going to start at verse 6. I am a worm. What? It's a man after God's own heart. Feels like a worm. And no man. A reproach of men and despise of the people. Everybody hates me. This is a man after God's own heart. This is a person anointed by God, called by God, chosen by God, and he has had a season in his life where he feels like everybody hates him and he feels less than a human. Now, none of that changed the fact that he was called by God, anointed by God, appointed by God, and chosen by God, but this is the way he felt. All they that, that see me laugh me to scorn, they shoot out the lip and shake the head. That's a funny, that's a funny uh, picture image in your mind, somebody shooting out the lip. I mean, what does that even mean? Yeah. Like, I mean, I would have got the tongue, right? They, they stick out the tongue, but shoot out the lip. <laughs> Everybody that sees me is laughing at me. Everybody that sees the way I'm living my life now thinks it's a joke. They shake their head, and here's what they say. He trusted on the Lord that He would deliver him. Let Him deliver him, seeing He delighted in him. David had no idea that the elders and the high priest were going to say those very things in Matthew 27 and 43. Word for word. Word for word. They came by and saw Jesus on the cross, and they said, He trusted in, in God. Let Him save Him now. And here David is all that time past saying, that's what people are saying about me. So listen, anything that they said about Jesus, it don't feel like an honor. But for someone to say the same thing about us, he trusted on the Lord and he delivered him. Let him deliver him now. See, he delights in him. And David says, But thou art he that took me out of the womb. 
You did make me hope when I was upon my mother's breast. David don't remember when he was a newborn baby and breastfeeding. What he's saying is, God, you're the only hope I've ever had from the time I can remember anything. And all of us might not have grown up in the palace of the church, but all of us know now the only hope we ever had was God, even when we didn't realize it. David said, everybody's looking at me. He's making fun of me. Everybody's watching me live this life and learning these new things. Just thinking, yeah, this is just a phase. We'll see how long that lasts. They believe some things over there I ain't never heard before. Let's see how long that lasts. And David shut out all the noise. He said, well, you know what, God? You've been my hope all along. I ain't going to change it now. And he says, be not far from me. I was cast upon you from the womb. You are my God from my mother's belly. Wow. David did not serve God from his mother's belly. Many people think David was an illegitimate child. Many Bible historians think that David was an illegitimate child, and that's why he was out of the house taking care of the sheep when Samuel came to anoint the next king. I don't know if that's true or not, but I'll never find anywhere where he had any affection from anybody in his family. He showed up on the battlefield one day when Goliath was there. Nobody was fighting him. David said, ain't there a cause? And his oldest brother said, shut up. I know the naughtiness of your heart. David said, ain't there a cause? What are you telling me you shut up for? I'm going to be naughty. Shouldn't somebody do something? I was cast upon thee from the womb. You are my God from my mother's belly. Be not far from me, for trouble is near and there is none to help. He didn't open his mouth and say there wasn't nobody to help until he'd asked everybody that usually did help to help, and they said, I can't help you. Been there. And if God so sees fit, we'll be there again. He's my God. He's your God. There are times where you may find yourself in your life not being able to get help from people that have always been there to help you before. And it breaks your heart. And you're wondering, what did I do? What did I do wrong? And it may not be that you did anything wrong. It might be that you did something right. And God is wanting to separate you from drawing from them for a while. So you'll be like David and turn to God and say, God, I need you to help me because nobody else will. Do you know what happens to your relationship in those seasons? All your other relationships feel like they're trashed. But your relationship with God gets stronger and stronger and stronger. Because when you can't pick up the phone and call Kitty, or you can't pick up the phone and call Jimmy, or, or call John, or call Spud, and nobody's answering the phone, you got one name left to call that answers the phone every time. Amen. And he said, God, I can't reach nobody else to pray for me. And I'm hurting in my body. I'm stuck on this couch. You can't move. Jesus, I need you. I guarantee Bonnie's relationship with God got stronger and closer when she was stuck to that couch. And she's got a husband that loves her with all his heart and felt helpless and had a broken heart because there was nothing he could do for her. But you know what she had to do? The same thing her husband had to do and turn to the only one that could help. And today I watched her walk up all them stairs Amen. that I don't like walking up. Amen. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's right. 
I need a softer pulpit. <laughs> be not far from me, for trouble is near, and nobody can help me. Many bulls have surrounded me. Strong bulls of Bashan have beset me round. Now all the commentators say that there was a breed of bull bred in Bashan that was known to be the meanest. And I don't know. All I know is David felt like there was a bunch of watch your minds now bulls around him. He felt in danger. They gaped upon me with their mouths as a ravening and roaring lion. Can you imagine a meat-eating bull? David's in a mess, ain't he? Even a vegetarian's trying to chew him up. Mm. Now look what he says right here. This is another direct prophecy of Jesus. I am poured out like water. Now I spilt that oil when I was getting ready to go pray for Bonnie and John. Some of it's still in a little puddle. Some of it's dried already. And by next Sunday, we may see a stain there, but there won't be no oil left there. So when David said, I'm poured out like water, it's like walking out in the grass in your yard and just pouring out a pitcher of water, and it's going to be a puddle there for a while, but after a while, there won't even be a puddle there. David said, there ain't nothing left of me, God. I'm at a place in my, in my life, in my finances, in my relationships, and quite frankly, God, Sometimes I feel like in my relationship with you, well, there ain't nothing left of me. I've poured out everything there is to pour. And I don't feel like there's anything of me left. My bones are out of joint. All my bones are out of joint. Man, look, I broke my collarbone one time. My daddy made a sling. I, I tore up a shirt and made a sling. Called me a candy butt and said I didn't need to go to the doctor. Then the end of the summer, I went to a doctor because I was going in ninth grade. And the doctor looked at my shoulder and said, when would you break your collarbone? And I looked at my daddy and said, I told you I was hurt. I've never forgotten the pain of that collarbone. David said, another direct prophecy of the way Jesus was treated, all my bones feel out of joint. You know those times in your life where nothing works the way that it should? Where there's things in your life that all your life long you may have been able to depend on, you might know, guess what? Man, my relationship with my mama might go south sometimes. My relationship with my BFF might go south sometimes. But my friendship with so-and-so, I know I can always count on them. They'll always be there. And there are some times in your life where even that's out of joint. David's describing a time in his life where he's suffering, where people are making fun of him, where they don't respect anything about him, and he's in a time in his life where all the people that he used to could turn to for help got nothing for him, and he can't find comfort anywhere. Anointed, appointed, chosen, and a direct reflection of the way Jesus would feel later when he was beaten and went to the cross for us. Is the servant better than the master my heart is like wax it is melted in the midst of my bowels my heart is torn to pieces my strength is dried up like a potsherd 
You take that jar and just poof, just lays on the ground out in the sun, just gonna dry up. So that's the way my strength is gone. My tongue cleaves to my jaws, and you, whoa, uh oh, they're getting personal. God, now, ain't he? You have brought me under the dust of death. And then he tells why. Because dogs have compassed me. That word compass literally means like a compass, 360 degrees. He said, God, you have brought me here because dogs have surrounded me. And I don't know how many times over the years I read this verse, had no idea what in the heck dogs had to do with it. Never thought anything about it, and God never pricked my heart about it. But sometimes back, God did prick my heart about it. And I got to researching this. And this dog does not mean a literal dog. The word for dog here is Kaleb. K-E-H-L-E-B. You're interlinear. We'll find that for you. And it means to yelp or attack. So he's saying, God, you have brought me here. Now how can he say that? Because all his life he's tried to follow God. All his life, when God said, go, David went. In your life with God now, when God says, go somewhere, you go. You're not starting scriptures in a notebook to get closer to God, just to ignore God when God talks to you through those scriptures. You're doing that because you want to follow God. So everybody in here is living a life that says, God, where you lead me, I will follow. And here David is saying, I followed you everywhere you've ever told me to go, God, and now I find myself surrounded by people that are doing nothing but yelping and attacking me. Uh-oh. Sounds like a couple family reunions I've been to. And no respect. Sorry, I couldn't resist. David said, the dogs have compassed me. Everybody, everywhere I look, somebody is yelling at me. Somebody is upset with me. Somebody's attacking me. I'm not doing anything mean to these people. I'm over here just trying to live my life for you, God. I'm just trying to get my relationship with you. I ain't going over there nitpicking on them. I ain't going over there pointing things out in their life I don't like. I'm not calling these people lost. I'm not calling them names. But every time I get around them, attack, attack, attack. Surrounded. By dogs. Dogs have surrounded me. The assembly of the wicked has enclosed me. No matter what they say out of their mouth, if they live a wicked life, they're not Christian. Let that sink in. Doesn't matter what I profess out of my life. I can call that tree in my front yard an apple tree all I want to, John, but if you come over to my house and there's pears on it, and I say, John, look at my apple tree. And you see pears, you're going to be looking at me going, woo, something's off the tree. <laughs> uh, it's the same thing with God. Anybody can open their mouth and say, I'm Christian. But if they're hateful, Jesus ain't hateful. If they talk filthy, Jesus ain't in that. If they're mean to other people, Jesus ain't in that. 
It don't matter what they prayed in vacation Bible school. It don't matter if they go to church every time the doors are open and talk in tongues like an Indian gas station. Christian is as Christian does. David said, I followed you. Dogs are all around me attacking me. The assembly of the wicked have enclosed me. Sometimes they have my last name. Sometimes they have your maiden name. Look at this. Look at this prophecy. They pierced my hands and my feet. Can you see David's eyes when he wrote that? Yeah. David wrote it, and after the Holy Ghost come up off of him, he said, I don't even know what that's about, but God said, leave it in there. Oh? He's talking about Jesus. Yep. He has no idea what he's talking about. But I can guarantee you one thing. David might not have felt the holes in the feet and the holes in his hands, but David was talking about David when he said, my heart feels like wax. Yeah. David was talking like about David when he said that my everything is out of joint. I'm poured out like water and there's nothing left and nobody else will help me and you're all I got left, God. But God had honored David to let him go through some of the same things God was going to go through when he put skin on for us. Could it be some of the times in our lives when everything is out of joint? that it was a time where God was trying to let us live through some of the same things He already has that we enjoy the benefits from today. Paul said that he knows God in the power of His resurrection because he knows Him in the fellowship of His suffering. <clears throat> I got to tell you, I ain't never prayed and asked God, let me know you in the fellowship of your son. But I cannot count the times I've said, God, I want to know you in the power of your resurrection. Right. Lord, I want to lay my hands on people that would be like duck, duck, goose. Ooh. Hello. Yeah. I ain't lying, I have. I want to see God move like that in people's lives. I want to see blinded eyes open. I want to see cancers gone. I want to see God do that for people so people will know God just like I do. That's why I want to see it. But there's a principle that says we will not know God in the power of His resurrection without knowing Him in the fellowship of His suffering. Could it be that some of those things you've been through that hurt you the most were because God has heard your prayer to know Him in the power of His resurrection? And He said, okay, you don't know what you got to go through to get to that power of the resurrection with Me, but I'm willing to walk you through it if you'll make the whole journey. I'm willing to make everybody in your life turn their back on you and, and they ain't even going to know why. You understand there's sometimes the people treat you hateful that love you and you know they love you and you love them too and they'll treat you hateful and you walk away from there crushed. And I'm here today to tell you there's times where they walk away from that same place wondering why in the world did I do that? What was wrong with me? Why did I treat them like that? I love them. I can't believe I did that. I feel awful. And God will not even let them reach out to apologize to you. Oh, I'm never going to get on TV in. 
But the whole time, somehow, when you're crushed, somehow now after today, you got to be able to look back now. And when it happens, and say, man, I don't know why Spud wouldn't help me. I can call Spud anytime. Spud will pray for me. I can text Spud and he'll say, all right, all right, I'm on it. And he loves to do it. But I don't know why he won't do it for me now. And somehow when that season comes, somehow when somebody close to me, when I'm surrounded, and they are now the assembly of the wicked, it didn't matter what they were Sunday, it's Monday, and now they're attacking me. Somehow, in my spirit, I've got to take this word and let it become alive to me and say, God, this ain't no fun. But Lord, if this leads to me knowing you in the power of your resurrection, then I want to walk through this thing with honor. I want to walk through with integrity. And I'm going to respond just like David did when his soldier said, There's Saul. I can kill him. I hit him one time. I won't even have to hit him again. Yeah. And David said, no, don't you do it. Yeah. Don't you do it. Mm-hmm. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost in here. Mm. Somehow, it's, I don't need the Bible to be alive to me when I'm on the mountaintop, man. I'm glad it is, but I don't need it to be alive then. I need to be alive when I'm surrounded and it's the assembly of the wicked and all they're doing is yapping at me and all they're doing is discrediting everything I've ever done when all they're doing is questioning every motive of why I do everything I do now and the very people that walked with me through all those things back there turn on me. I need the word to be alive then. I need to take strength from the fact that when nobody else can see God in me, I can look in this book and see me in the book. Sometimes you will not feel God in you. Sometimes it is God's purpose in your walk with Him to step out and let you walk through that thing on your own. So there'll be times when you will not be able to look in the mirror and see God in you. That's when you've got to turn to that book and see you in God. You've got to be able to look at that book and say, if they did that to David, then I guess they could do it to me. And then you take that verse where they did that to David and find the exact words with Jesus later on in the Gospels and say, I guess if they did that to my Messiah, I guess if they did that to God in the flesh, then they can do it to me. So I'm going to hold on for my Jesus just like He held on for me. Yes, amen. Power of the dogs. David said, I may tell all my bones they look and stare. He's still writing about Jesus. You don't find a time in the Bible where David's bones were exposed. He was prophesying about the Messiah on the cross whose bones were exposed from the whips with the bones in them that pulled the skin off until his bones were sticking out. Do you see that David was being used by God to write about God when David was feeling like God was nowhere near? Woo! I'm glad David killed that giant, but I'm more glad he wrote that right there, mm-hmm. Stacy. Amen. When David killed that giant boy and he had that, he had that sling up there, <laughs> David 
felt the power of God then. David didn't feel no power of God right here because he turns and looks at God and says, I got here and it's your fault. And that's when God used David to write about God in the flesh. When David looked all around and said, I can't even see you, God, and the whole time God's like, the joke's on you, son. You're writing about me right now. Esteban said, Amen. Could it be that God uses you more when your heart is broken? And all the people that you ought to be able to turn to. Listen, you ought to be able to. But could it be that God uses you more when it's just you and brokenness? Could it be you sing better when you're broken? Could it be you play better when you're broken? Could it be you talk better? You pray better when... I may tell all my bones, they look upon me, stare at me. Look at this. Oh my God, David saw the cross. Well, he didn't see the cross, he was looking from it. <laughs> Woo! When he's feeling broken, when his heart feels like wax, when he feels poured out like water, his life's been wasted, and there's nothing left. And God let David see through the eyes of Jesus. See through his eyes. They part my garments among them and cast lots upon my vesture. They're gambling for my clothes. They never gambled for David's clothes. But when David felt like God failed him, God said, look through my eyes. Look through my eyes. You're seeing through my eyes now, son. There's nobody for you to turn to. You're seeing through my eyes, daughter. When you feel like you've been poured out and wasted, you're seeing through my eyes. <sighs> Be not thou far from me, O Lord. Now David's back to David again. <laughs> Oh, my strength, haste thee to help me. He called God his strength, didn't he? Didn't him call him God right there. Be not far from me, O oh Lord. Oh, my strength, hurry up and help me. Hurry up. Hurry up and help me. Deliver my soul from the sword. And my darling from the power of the dog. I'm here today to say I'm glad God did not deliver Jesus from the power of the dogs. Yes. You know why? The power of the dogs are what drove Jesus to the cross. Pharisees more concerned with popularity than with the fact that the Messiah they've been preaching about was there dogs. Jesus' mom, his brothers, his sisters thinking he was crazy. Dogs. People of the Gadarenes ungrateful that he had healed the boogeyman. Dogs. Corrupt high priest. Dogs. Corrupt council of elders. Dogs. Judas, traitor with a kiss, called Jesus friend. 
Dogs. Peter, the coward, denied him three times. Dogs. Pilate, politics more important than truth. Dogs. Crowd, choose Barabbas over Jesus. Dogs. Soldiers who whipped him until his bones and organs showed. Dogs. Soldiers put a crown of thorns on his head, drove him into his skull. Dogs. Soldiers put a bag over his head, beat him, said, prophesy, who hits you, prophet? Dogs. Soldiers drove the nails through his hands and through his feet on the cross. Dogs. Mocked him on the cross. Dogs. Cast lot for his clothes. Dogs. Speared him in his side until the blood and water ran. Dogs. Put him in the grave. Dogs. Guarded the tomb. Dogs. I'm sorry for Jesus, but I'm glad for us. For the power of the dogs in his life that drove him to do what he did. In the garden, Father, if there's any other way, I don't want to do this. My flesh don't want to do this. If there's any other way, let this cup pass. No answer. No other way. Finally, not my will, but your will be done. Right now, all y'all, I have the benefit of knowing a little bit about all y'all. And I can say that none of y'all would be where you are right now in your walk with God if it wasn't for some dogs. Some of y'all would be still sitting somewhere don't know nothing about the blood of Jesus. It ain't that they don't love Jesus. That's what I understand. Hear my heart when I say this. But some of y'all would still be in some places that don't know anything about the power of the name of Jesus. Yes. Or that it's the name of Jesus that remits sin and nothing else, you'd still be in some of those places if it wasn't for the power of the dog that drove you out. And you look back at some churches you were in and you liked it there. And you loved some people there. And it broke your heart when some things happened there. And you still have heartache over what happened back there. But because of those things, it drove you to a place where you saw the name of Jesus and went down in that water. And now you can point at verse, not just one verse in Matthew 28 and 19 that says what. You can point at verse after verse after verse after verse that shows how and you can say one thing I know I didn't get baptized because of a denomination I didn't get baptized because of a religion I got baptized because the blood of Jesus goes in the water when they say the name of Jesus and I can show you where my sins are remitted because of the power of the dogs back there somewhere hard things that drove you where you are. So I'm going to ask you today, I'm going to try. My, 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 my prayer today is that you would have a new perspective over some of the things that you're going through right now. 
that some of the things right now that are hard, that some of the things that you're going through that make you, to where you feel bad about coming again and again over the same thing, that maybe you can look at some of those things now and say, yes, I hate that I'm going through this. I don't like this. I don't like being in this. I don't like when that happens to me over there. But if that is God using the power of the dog to move me into a place where I can know Him and the power of His resurrection, my children need that power. My marriage needs that power. My grandchildren need that power. And Beth sung about it. There's a promise in the Word of God that says the truth will endure for a thousand generations. Yes, amen. Yes. Now these dogs have teeth. They don't know why they're doing what they're doing, most of them. We can't let them all off the hook. Some of them are just mean. They enjoy being mean. But our God is in control of our life. So even those mean ones can't get to us unless God says, go ahead, i got a purpose for it. Go ahead. She's been praying to know me to power my resurrection. You can't get to the resurrection power without going through the fellowship of my suffering. I want to ask you today, can you find it in yourself when you look around and there ain't nobody there, the ones that have always been there for whatever reason they're not, you don't know why, they don't need when you're in the middle of that group and you're surrounded and they're all doing the barking and you didn't do nothing to make it happen but it happens again and again and again can you find it somewhere in your relationship with your God not mine <coughs> yours can you find it somewhere in there and say God You burned my, you burned my backslid son's house down the fire. He came around for a minute, but he's gone now. We've gone through this season of the dogs today, and knowing you in the fellowship you're suffering today means that the next time I get my hand on him, I can pray the power of the resurrection down on him and have him pray right through, right on the spot. And okay. I'm going to say, yes, Lord. I ain't going to let him run me off. My prayer for you is that you will get to a place where even when you look around and for all intents and purposes, you cannot find God anywhere. When you don't even feel God in you, but you can open this book up find you in God that that would be enough because if you can do that you will this is a promise you will know God in the power of his resurrection 
So whoever it is that you're praying that miracle for, that miracle's in the power of His resurrection. Whoever it is you're praying for, that the light will come on and they'll see Jesus' name, that power is in the power of the resurrection. That stubborn person you know sees it, won't do nothing about it. That change of mind, it's in the power of the resurrection. And this is the only path. And I should stand with you, please. I'm wearing a t-shirt next week. I'm afraid some church people might show up. this word is for you today you already know if you need a little extra from God today just say Lord I didn't see you in all that before today I mean I knew you was there I just it didn't I didn't know how but now 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 I see you and you need just a little extra something from God today or you just need to say Lord whew, I know that power of resurrection got to be coming soon because I got this fellowship of the suffering down pretty good God I'm ready for the next part yeah. or if you just need to ask God for the strength to just take that one more step or if you want to thank him and tell him you're sorry because this whole time you've been calling him the devil I've done it. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about man. That old devil's been doing this. And that old devil's been doing that. And find out later it wasn't the devil. If you need a little less of something today and want to come to this altar, I'd be happy to pray for you. And if you don't need prayer yourself, then I'd ask you to do what we do around here. Fellas, come pray for a fellow that is praying. And ladies, come pray for one that, one that is. Lord, I thank you, Father, for my wife. Thank you for my help me. And I thank you, Lord, for the times where I know she has walked through that, that fellowship of suffering, Father. The times that the dogs have been loud and been a crowd, God. And I thank you that she's still here. And ask the Father to bless her like never before. Let the power of the resurrection flow through her, God. Let that blessing be upon her and her children and her children's children, Lord. Thank you for my wife, God. And Lord, I thank you, Father, for Lori. And I thank you, Father, for everything that brought her this far. And I can't tell you how glad I am that you trusted us. That you brought her here, Father, to us, Lord. And I thank you that today, Father, some things make sense. Some hurtful things from the past that never made sense before, they made sense now, God. And I ask you to strengthen her, comfort her, and I thank you, Father, that she's right in the middle of your will, God. Bless her today and give her the strength she needs to take the step, God, just to keep following after you, Father. And Lord, those that are around her will see, God. Dogs are going to quit barking one day, Father. 
And they're going to come on in, God. Move upon her daughter, her grandson, father, her mama, her husband. Lord, move in her life, God. Bless my sister today, Father. Bless her today, Lord. Lord, I pray you bless him upon Nathan today, God. And ask your Father to strengthen him, encourage him in the Holy Ghost, God. Walk with him, talk with him, Father. Thank you for his love for you, Lord. Lead and guide him all his days, mighty God. All of his days, Father, go before him, God. And Lord, I pray today for Jimmy and Stacy, God. And I thank you, Lord, for all the things that have brought them to this place in you. All the things, Father, that when they were happening, God, they weren't pleasant. They were hurtful. There was broken hearts, Father. But I thank you, God, that now, Lord, they can stand and look, God, and thank you for the power of the dog in their life, Father. Thank you, Lord, for all the things that drove them to this place, God, to your knees, God, and to the water of baptism in your name, Jesus. Now, thank you for it today, Father. And I thank you, Lord God. Thank you for Bonnie today. And I thank you, Father, for that relationship that has done nothing but grow stronger, God. And I thank you, Father, for the fellowship of suffering. Thank you for it, God. And I pray today the power of the resurrection would move in every part of her life, God. Every part today. Use her. Let her words have power, Father. Confirm the words spoken through her, God. Bless my sister today. I ask you to heal her heart today, Father God. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you for my brother. Thank you for John today, Lord. And I thank you, God, for keeping your hand upon him. And I ask you, Lord, to be with him, Father. Be with him Wednesday. Be with him Friday. And I thank you, Lord, for all the things that you have allowed to happen into his life that have brought him closer to you, God. And I ask you now, Lord, to honor that and let the power of the resurrection flow through his life, God. Let it touch every area, Father. Lead and guide him, Lord, in every place in his life today. I plead the blood of Jesus over my brother right now, God. God. Now bless your name. Marino Mori Betelo Rama Kinima Noratalaba. Glory Nipoleni Laborisha Ne Kamane. Glory, Jesus. Glory, Lord. Bless my brother today, Father. Bless my brother today. Lord, in this room. I thank you for the healing. Thank you, Jesus. And I thank you, Lord, for the promise.
herself in your word. And when she finds herself there, God, let it strengthen her. Let it encourage her, God. Let it lift her up, Father God, because I know the day's going to come when all her family finds her there too, God. Thank you, Lord.